Hi, I'm Kelsa Dickey, the CEO of the Financial Coach Academy and my financial coaching business, Fiscal Fitness Phoenix. My coaching journey began more than a decade ago with me helping people for free from my dining room table. What was once a little business of mine has grown into a seven-figure company that employs a team of people. My goal is simple, to help you fall more and more in love with financial coaching. I believe financial coaching is the most rewarding way to make a living. If you are an aspiring financial coach or have been coaching for years, I'm here to help you create a business you love that gets your clients massive results. Let's get to it. Hey, Financial Coach. Welcome back to the Financial Coach Academy podcast. Kicking things off with episode 21, what you think of tithing doesn't matter, Coach. Before we dive into that topic, I'm really excited to bring it to you. I have five announcements. I know we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping. I'm going to fly through these really quickly because I know you two are excited to talk about tithing today. So number one, I wanted to let you guys know that in a future episode of this podcast, I am going to be answering your questions. We're going to do an entire episode where I answer listeners' questions. I would love for you to submit your questions because otherwise that is going to be a very awkward episode. So to ask your questions, hop on over to financialcoachacademy.com forward slash podcast. You will see a very short form there where you can submit your question and hopefully get it answered on an upcoming episode. The second announcement is that I would love to invite you to join our amazing community of financial coaches on Facebook. It is a group called Financial Coaches Unite. It is totally free, but it is really awesome and one of the most positive spaces left on the internet, I believe. Uh, It's really supportive. It's a very positive space for financial coaches of all levels. If you're just thinking about this idea or if you have been doing it for 10 years and everything in between, I would love for you to go to Facebook, search for Financial Coaches Unite and request to join the Facebook group and we will go ahead and uh, accept your request to join. So let's get the conversation started. At the end of every episode, I, as you know, leave a reflection question and we're actually going to pivot to creating a conversation around those questions inside of the Facebook group every single week. So when the episodes drop, we'll go ahead and get the conversation started in that really safe and supportive space because I would love to hear from you and I want to know what your thoughts are on a number of these topics. Uh, the next announcement is every single month I host a free meetup and or a training. It depends. We sort of rotate the two. So sometimes it's just a meetup and sometimes it's a free training for financial coaches. And I would love for you to join us. They are done virtually. So you can join from anywhere to make sure you find out about those um, along with reminders and the links and that kind of thing. Please make sure you are on our email list. It's financialcoachacademy.com forward slash subscribe. So if you want to find out our about our event, It's financialcoachacademy.com forward slash subscribe. If you want to submit a question for a future episode, that is financialcoachacademy.com forward slash podcast. Next announcement. We're almost through these guys. Uh, Part of the reason I started this podcast was to provide you with business insights and even a few behind the scenes moments, which is why this one is a super fun announcement for me to make. If you get my emails, if you are a part of our Facebook community, then you know, uh, in the last couple of weeks, I sent out an email talking about how one of my 
longest time clients was ending coaching. She and her husband came to me 15 years ago when I was still meeting clients at my dining room table because I didn't even have a home office yet. I did not have a room in my house that I could dedicate to being my office. So I met with clients initially just at my dining room table and they were some of my first clients. Um, And they came to me, they were nearing retirement and they wanted to create a budget and to make sure they could afford like all of these different things that they wanted to do, right? They had worked hard their whole life and their plan was that when retirement came, they were going to get to enjoy their hard-earned money and their time together. Uh, six months after uh, Bill retired, he was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And then six months after that, he passed away. And his wife and I continued our journey together as coach and coachee. And I was there with her while she learned how to live her life and create a lot of those memories that her and Bill had talked about, but without him by her side, while she figured out how to live a really beautiful life uh, and create that for herself. And she was a client of mine for 15 years and it was really beautiful and amazing. And In the last few months, she has been struggling with memory loss. And so we've made the decision, she made the decision to transition things over to a daily money manager, which I can talk about on a future episode, what daily money managers do. Um, And it's the right decision. Absolutely. I'm happy for her to sort of be transitioning this off of her plate. And uh, it's also really sad and very bittersweet, but I truly believe that the universe gave me those clients. It was a gift from the universe because um, what it really uh, expressed to me was to not wait to have fun and not wait to enjoy my life. And no matter how much I love my business and I love working to make sure I'm balancing that with enjoying my family and the people who are really important to me. And um So that is what I've always made a really important focus for me in my business is I've always asked myself, what role do I want my business to play in my life overall? And as my business has grown, prioritizing family time and fun has always been a priority. And that means that in the summers, I take some time off. I actually take time away from the business. And we are going to be spending it at our lake house this coming summer in Michigan, which we are really excited about. And what we didn't want to have happen was where we have months go by where there's no new episodes coming to you. So we um, have done something a little different. You're going to start to notice that uh, every few episodes, we are going to be releasing a replay of some of your most favorite episodes. Episodes, the ones that you guys seem to enjoy the most, they get the most engagement on them, they get the most likes and that kind of thing. We know that they are the ones you like. We're going to be replaying those periodically throughout the summer. That way, you don't have a massive gap or a massive period of time where there's no new content coming your way, hopefully inspiring you. We're also going to be releasing a number of episodes where Jill Emanuel, my lead financial coach, she is also our director of coaching on our team. She mentors all of the coaches on our team. She works with them one-on-one to make sure that they are able to get their clients the best results possible. She is actually going to be recording some episodes for this podcast as well so that I can take some time away and be with my family. Uh, So it's going to be a fun way of mixing things up. I hope that this intentional time off for me helps to inspire you to do the same in your business as you grow and scale your own uh, business. 
last but not least, uh, last episode, I asked you guys for reviews, and I just want to say thank you to those of you who left reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, We officially have 28 ratings and reviews, which makes me so happy. I would really love to get to 50 so I could use your help. If you have Apple Podcasts on your phone or your computer, please leave the Financial Coach Academy podcast a review. It really does help others to find the podcast and know that it exists, and hopefully we can create create more financial coaches for our world. Um, Also, every episode, I'm actually going to be reading to you one of the reviews that are left. So I'm going to kick that off today as we start this episode. The first review was left by James LSU 98. So see, if you leave me a review, I might read yours on the air as well. This one was left by James LSU 98. He says, this is a great podcast for both new and experienced financial coaches. You can tell that Krista loves this industry and she pours her heart into every episode, delivering not only motivation, but actionable steps that can be implemented immediately. Thank you for this content. Thank you, James LSU98, for this review. I really appreciate it. And I did decide to read the review as it was written, which is with the wrong first name, which he wrote Krista instead of Kelsa. And the reason I decided to do that is because I know firsthand that autocorrect likes to change the name Kelsa to something other than Kelsa for some reason. So I know when I send emails, it is really embarrassing. Imagine sending an email and I spell my own name wrong. I don't really spell my own name wrong, but autocorrect literally changes my name to Kelsey, Kelso, Chelsea, Krista, all of those types of things. And I've literally spelled my name wrong sometimes when I send an email. So I know this happens. I'm going to read it because I think it's funny. You don't ever have to apologize if you get my name wrong. It happens all the time and I'm just used to it. And I've decided to just roll with the punches. So thank you, James LSU 98, uh, for leaving that awesome review. I appreciate you being a listener. All right, coach, let's dive in to this episode. We're going to discuss why what you think of tithing doesn't matter. And I mentioned this in a previous episode, but I do want to touch on it again as we kick off this topic. I purposely chose tithing because I assume that you feel a certain way about it. I assume that you have an opinion about tithing overall. Now, what that opinion is could be very different, but you probably feel a certain way, right? Maybe it's a non-negotiable expense for you. Maybe it's a source of pride for you. Maybe you don't tithe at all. Maybe you've never tithed and you don't really see it as a worthwhile line item on your budget. Maybe it is the first number you put on your budget. Either way, you probably have some sort of viewpoint, which is why that is the topic of this episode. But you could change the word tithing to any other expense, and this episode would still apply. What you think of housing doesn't matter. What you think of travel doesn't matter. What you think of clothing, excuse me, clothing doesn't matter. What you think of lattes or fancy coffees doesn't matter. Maybe you thinking they're fancy doesn't even matter, right? This is the final episode in a series of episodes all about expanding your coaching skills. So if this is your first episode, first of all, welcome. Second, you probably want to circle back to the beginning of this series, which was episode 17 and start with that one. We're going to be covering that framework today. And then we're also going to be talking about the model that we introduced in 18 and some of the great coaching that we talked about in 19. 
So you'll want to circle back and tackle those first before you listen to this episode. Now, one key element of coaching that I discussed in previous episodes, specifically number 19, is this idea that what we think of something doesn't really matter, right? No, it matters to us, of course. And as your friend and somebody who wants to know sort of what makes you tick, it matters to me for that reason. But it doesn't matter when we are coaching our clients, okay? And our focus should be on helping our clients determine and solidify what they think of something and then taking action based on that. As financial coaches, we're likely all looking at a client situation, and there will be times we're looking for ways to trim the budget or cut back or find more money to throw towards goals, right? And that is terrific. We don't want to not do that. That's part of our job, right? But how we approach these conversations is really important and is especially important to me that we are navigating these from a really proactive, uh, non-judgmental, compassionate space. Anytime you feel really strongly about something, lean into that and ask, how is that belief influencing my coaching, both in positive and limiting ways? Pay attention to when your own experiences and feelings about something are influencing the assumptions you make or the questions you ask the client or maybe the way you coach the client. Okay, there will be expenses that you consider non-negotiable that your clients don't have and they choose not to. There will be things your clients spend money on that are simply not important to you. And perhaps you would never spend your hard earned money on those things. Financial coaching is helping a client explore their beliefs on a particular area of their finances. Okay. I also want to give you an example in this episode of how all of the things that we've been discussing in the prior episodes would look using a very specific topic. So let's dive in. Are you guys excited? I'm so excited. Okay. I feel like we're going to pull all of this together in this episode and I can't wait. So let me talk about some assumptions in this scenario first. We're going to talk about a person comes to you with big goals that they want to achieve. They're open to looking at where their money is going and finding ways to trim or free up some money to put towards their goals. So you've already determined that, okay? They are open to seeing what more they can do in order to speed up their progress towards their goals, okay? And as you're going through all of their expenses, you notice that when you mention tithing, they sort of shrug or like, eh, kind of like an eh sort of response, okay? And again, insert any category of expenses here. Just know that their response when you bring it up is they're kind of like, eh, okay? Here are some questions you can ask, and this is the education phase of the coaching framework, okay? Some of the questions I might ask are, tell me what tithing means to you. Tell me what travel means to you, right? Tell me what any category means to you. When was the last time you looked at it to make sure the amount is accurate? When was the last time you looked at your tithing to make sure the amount was accurate? Where does your understanding and beliefs about tithing come from? Is this an area of your finances you want to explore further or shall we move on to another area? 
in this phase, you're trying to gauge their baseline thoughts and feelings about tithing before moving on to the application phase. It's also really important to get their buy-in throughout the process of coaching. So asking that final question of, should we explore this further is a great way to do that. Anytime a client can say, yes, let's keep, let's move forward. That's a good thing. You're not sort of stepping on their toes by talking about something they're not even open to discussing. Okay. From there, we can move into the application phase, and here are some more questions you can ask. How do you personally calculate tithe? What can be considered a tithe? For example, can you give of your time, or does it have to be a financial commitment? I've heard a variety of answers to these questions, you guys, a variety of them. What value does tithing add to your life? That question, what value does X provide to your life, is a really powerful question, no matter what category of a person's finances you're exploring with them. What value does this add to your life? When you see tithing on your budget, how do you feel? When you see tithing on your budget, or when you go to write that check or transfer the money, how do you feel? What goes through your mind when you see tithing? When you think of tithing, what goes through your mind? And again, if you remember the coaching model, we're trying to assess what is the thought that they have and how are they feeling as a result, okay? Then once we determine those things, oh, really quickly, I just want to say that some clients will share very openly right away. So as you're asking these questions, they're able to express themselves really quickly Others may need some time to think about these questions. So this leads to sort of the action phase of the application phase, okay? So some actions the client could take depending on how this conversation is going. Perhaps you give them these questions to ponder in between coaching, coaching sessions so that you can desert, uh, excuse me, discuss at the next session maybe any observations they've had, any thoughts that have come up for them. They might just need a little bit of time to digest and really reflect and sort of simmer on these questions. For some expenses, there is this like external pressure that people face or there's this outside influence sometimes that makes it so that they aren't as aware of the thoughts and feelings that they're having, or those thoughts and feelings can be really complex, and they're not able to articulate them in the heat of the moment, like right in the session when you first ask. So by giving them that space and time in between coaching sessions to really you know, think about like what is everything that's coming up for them, it can be really valuable to give them that space depending on the category of expenses, okay? And certainly tithing is one of those where it can have a big emotional connection for them. So you wanna give them space if you, if you can. You could also calculate the tithe to confirm it's the correct amount based on their calculation, right? So do you use net income or gross income? This is entirely up to the client. You could say there are a few different ways this can be calculated. What is your understanding of how you want to calculate this? Okay. Let's say this person said that she felt horrible when she saw the expense come through. Or maybe she shares that she's doing it out of obligation. And keep in mind, a person could feel that way about any expense that they have, not just tithing, where they feel like they're doing it out of obligation, right? What we want to do is encourage her to explore why she feels that way. I would encourage her to maybe talk with a spiritual mentor, whoever that is for her. I would also encourage her to bring curiosity to the way she's feeling. I would ask her... Um, 
how she would like to feel about this expense instead. So, you know, she shares how she's feeling. One question you can ask is, how would you like to feel when you write this check every month or every pay period or whatever the case may be, right? How would you like to feel instead? I would also ask her if she thinks it's possible to feel that way about tithing. So if she says, I feel like it's an obligation and I do it because I feel like I have to or I should and if I don't, I'm going to hell or something like that, right? Or, you know, my parents will be mad at me or any number of things, right? Then, and I ask, and how would you like to feel instead? I would like to feel like this is something I give freely, right? Maybe that is something that she says. I would say, and do you think that that is possible for you to feel that way? Again, what we're doing is we're slowly getting their buy-in in the process overall, right? I could ask her what would need to change or what you would want to see or think in order to feel better about tithing. So we know how she wants to feel. What would you need to think? Instead of thinking my family will be mad at me so I don't really have a choice, what would you need to think instead, right? What would you need to see? What would you need to believe? Those are the types of questions we want to ask our clients. I could ask her to play out various scenarios with me just to see how each one could possibly feel for her. For example, imagine if we removed this entirely from your budget, what would you think and how would you feel? Imagine if we reduced it, what would you think and how would you feel? What if we increased it? What would you think and how would you feel? What if we waited and simply revisited this in six months or six months from now or three months from now? What would you think and how would you feel? We could play out a few scenarios and I would show her the impact each one could have on her financially, but also help her to explore the impact it would have on how she's thinking or what she's feeling as well. Ultimately, the client could make any number of decisions as a result of that, okay? And they're all her decisions to make. I could also ask which of these options are totally off the table for you. Like you don't even want to consider them right? And please note, I am not telling any client they should lower it, they should eliminate it, or that they should even increase it. As coaches, that is not our role. Our role is to help them evaluate any expense based on the value and that it's bringing to their life and that it's coming from a positive place. It is not our job to decide for the client if any of their current expenses are more or less important than the goal they are trying to achieve. I'm going to say that part again. It's not our job to decide for the client if any of their current expenses are more or less important than the goal they are trying to achieve. Only the client can decide that. That is their decision to make. My job and your job is to simply help them see the decision with clarity along with all of the choices that are in front of them so that they can make that choice with confidence. Okay. I would apply the coaching model from episode 18. And when I first started, I would, um, and I was using the model for the first time, I would actually like write it out. So typically my sessions are done virtually. Uh, so I would have a piece of paper and I would be writing out like circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. Right. And I would be trying to complete that model based on what I was hearing the client say. So let's just do that for a second. Okay. In this case, the circumstances are that the client pays a certain amount for tithing, 
That's just a fact. It's just a number, right? It's like a statistic. We know that to be true. She is paying a certain amount for her tithing. The thought we leave blank The feeling is obligation in this example, right? Now, the feeling could be elation, right? Or pride or confidence. It could be any number of things. But in this example, this client maybe said that she feels obligated to do it. So it's obligation. The action then is avoidance, right? This client wasn't looking at it, didn't want to sort of pay attention to it, would sort of dismiss it when she saw it come out of her checking account. Um, The result then is maybe frustration or resentment, a lack of pride in what she's doing with her money, right? Um, And if you're not sure of any of these things, as you are thinking about the model, you can simply ask. You can ask the client, what impact is tithing having on you or what you're able to do with money? What do you think, right? You can ask for their take on that. My goal is to discover the thought the client is having. Is the thought, I don't have a choice, or is it something else, right? Then how can we shift that thought so that the client feels better overall, right? And then that determines the action step that the client should take. The thought may simply be, I can explore this, or I can feel differently about this area of my finances, or this is worth exploring, right? It can simply be a neutral thought. So it's not like going from, I have to do this to, I don't have to do this, right? I can do whatever I want, which may be the case, but sometimes that's a really big leap for people to make. It can simply be a more neutral stance, which is I I can explore this and figure something out, right? And that can be the thought that we help them to reframe that into, From there, as this client's coach, we're there to guide them through that process of thinking differently about this expense. Maybe you help her gather her thoughts and feelings and come up with some questions and then encourage her to talk with her spiritual mentor, her clergy, something like that, right? This is a great example of how someone else, in addition to us, the financial coach, may be needed to help the client. There are times where I help you know a couple gather their thoughts and feelings, and then they talk with their therapist about learning to trust each other better, right? Because maybe there's some things that are deeply rooted that I simply can't help them uncover, right? And the same could be true for someone's tithe. So this might be where my job is not to make that decision for her or tell her what she should believe when it comes to her tithe or not and how she should calculate it and what value it should be adding to her life and why should she, she should care about doing it, but to encourage her to own the way she's thinking and feeling, feel more grounded in those, and then be more open to having those conversations and exploring it more, bringing that curiosity to this, Okay. Let's say a person has a high car payment and we're looking at that. We ask a lot of the same questions, but maybe the person's thought is, I need to have a nice car because of work in order to be taken seriously. Maybe that is the thought that they have, right? I've heard a lot of clients say that over the years. A lot of people in sales positions, sales roles tend to have that thought that I need to have a nice car because of work in order to be taken seriously, right? Now, I personally drive a 2014 Kia Forte that is so ugly and sun damaged from the Phoenix sun. And my thought is, I don't really care what people think of me. I don't really care about the kind of car that I drive. (laughs) I really don't. But that is my thought, right? 
That may be your thought too, financial coach, but it doesn't mean that it's everyone's thought. Coaching is not me saying people don't care what kind of car you drive or you shouldn't care what people think. Instead, it is our job to ask really good questions to get them thinking. Who is judging you if you don't have a nice car? What does a less nice car say about you? When did you first decide that people would judge you if you drove a different car? Do you make assumptions about people based on the car they drive? Sometimes there's some projection going on, right? Um, an action step I could give this client to take is to identify five people you think highly of or that you respect who don't drive fancy cars. Another action step I could give this client is to determine an I statement for the car. So one thing that I don't love when clients... Um, you know, sort of talk about the reasoning behind their expenses. Um, and I, I will just say this to them as well. So this is a conversation I have with them is when the reason for spending money is something else. It's like due to someone else or it's more of an external driver. I would much prefer that they own their decision as why they are making it. So ultimately it is their choice. It is a choice, right? And it's not a choice I'm judging, but a person saying other people will judge me if I don't drive a nice car. How can we shift that into an I statement? So for example, I choose to drive a nice car because I feel more confident doing my job when I pull up in a nice car, right? Notice that it shifts into a choice that the client is making because ultimately that is what's happening. Okay. Typically, I'll have them reflect on their I statement between sessions and see what they can come up with. How can they take ownership and responsibility over the choice and not place the blame on some external driver or force? Okay. Once I've asked all of these questions and I've had a good conversation where the client has awareness about the choice at hand, the expense that they're choosing to have, what he or she thinks of it, we can then move on to that commitment phase. Okay. Before we move on though, I do want to pause here for just a second. This right here, what I'm describing is coaching you guys, asking effective questions, helping the client to gain awareness of why they've been making that decision up until then and helping them to understand themselves better. Okay. How they're feeling, what they're thinking, what all of their options are. All of that is coaching. Coaching is not telling the person what to do with their tithing or any other expense that's on their budget. Whether they're doing it right or wrong, that is also not coaching, and whether it is a negotiable or non-negotiable expense, okay? None of those things are coaching. So here's the commitment phase. Here's some questions you could ask. How would you like to proceed? Maybe the client decides to revisit this in six months. Maybe the client decides to talk with her spiritual mentor or a trusted friend or a family member, or at least continue having the conversations and continue exploring it, right? Maybe the client decides to change the amount, increase it or decrease it in either way. Maybe the client makes no changes at all, but simply changes how they think about it, shifting it from being an obligation to being an I statement, right? Maybe the client does any number of those things and we talk about their observations or what they learned from those things as they go to do it. All of these things that the client could decide to do as a result of the conversations we had are right. 
every single one of them could work beautifully for the client. And ultimately, it's the client's decision to make. I think this illustrates beautifully how our own feelings about a client's expenses should not determine how we coach them. Even if a client was cash positive every month, we have still failed at budgeting if every expense the client has is done out of a sense of obligation and is not coming from a place of joy, okay? Even if a client was cash positive every month, we've still failed at budgeting if every expense that client has is being done out of obligation and not coming from a place of joy, okay? Even our utility expenses, we can reframe those into, I am so grateful for the heat that I have in the winter, right? I am so happy that I have a landscaper so I don't have to be the one, you know, doing my yard work every week, right? Like those types of things. We can feel happy about the choices we're making, even if they feel like a necessity, like our electric bill, okay? I remember one time I had a client who was spending $2,000 per month on clothing, okay? Single gal, great income, no kids, no spouse. All of the clothes, all $2,000 were for her and her alone. And I am not kidding. This is not an exaggeration. Even some months were like $4,000, okay? Now, while that seems absolutely bonkers to me, I mean, I literally wear my workout clothes most days. I am recording this episode in my workout clothes, okay? So I do not spend a lot personally on clothing. I spend a lot of fitness attire, but I really have to coach myself before each session to ensure I am not coaching from that opinion, right? And the reason I tell you this is because I don't want you to think that you'll never have opinions or even judgments about the choices that your clients make. You absolutely will because you're human, right? None of us are perfect. So I don't want you to think that there's something wrong with you or bad if you are having these thoughts, okay? What I want you to do them is first be aware of them, which is why it's so important that we're having this conversation. And I want you to coach yourself through those and practice not coaching from that judgment or opinion, okay? Bring curiosity to why this is important to the client. Have them tell you that. Another example, um, I had a client who was questioning her fitness boot camp expense of $150 per month. She also had a $10 per month Planet Fitness membership for days when there was no boot camp at the other place. So the total that she was spending was $160 per month on fitness, okay? During one of her sessions, she asked me if I thought it was worth it. That was her question, is this $160 worth it? Now, I could have answered that question for her. I'm a big fitness person, right? I spend more than that on my fitness every single month. So I could have answered that for her. But instead, I asked her, first, what do you gain from those memberships? What is it providing you? Right now, I kind of, I've known this client for a while, so I already knew that. It was a lot of motivation, accountability, her health, her sanity, right? Like it was her mental sanity. And she just loved the people. She felt like it was a community, that boot camp. I said, I then asked her, What are you giving up? I'm sorry. My watch yells at me at least once a day, and I have no idea <laughs> why. So I'm actually surprised it's not in more episodes as I'm recording these. Um, I asked her, what are you giving up in order to have that $160 per month going towards your fitness? And for her, that $160 would have all just been going to savings anyway. She was 
she had money going towards her goals and all of her expenses were covered. This just would have been more money going towards her goals, right? I asked her what amount would be easier for you to spend on those benefits specifically. So the accountability you're talking about, the motivation, the sanity, the community, the people, right? How much would you spend on those things and consider it to be easier? In other words, if $160 seems like too much to spend on those things, what would be more reasonable in your eyes? And she actually thought the amount seemed reasonable for what she was getting, Okay, so when I posed that question to her, she actually had this realization of like, actually, for all of that, 160 seems like a great deal, right? I asked her, is there a way to gain all of those same benefits, but for less? And the answer in this case was no. At this point, I could have said, well, it sounds like you're using it, gaining a lot from it, and you can afford it. So I say you keep it, right? I could have said that, but... That is a conclusion that she needs to come to herself. And there was one more thing that I was curious about and wanted her to reflect on. So I asked her, where is the pressure coming from to not spend this money when you are using it, you're gaining so much from it, and you can easily afford it? Any idea why you are even questioning this, right? And the reality, what she realized is that taking care of herself is an expense that makes her feel guilty. She doesn't think it should be a priority. Self-care, taking care of her health, taking care of herself, that that money should go to other things. And it really came down to self-worth. And now she realizes that. And then we can begin to uncover more about why that is. So it just leads into the next coaching concept, right? And this is why it is so important to not answer the direct question when a client wants to know if you, their coach, thinks an expense is worth it or not. The reality is, is that our opinions don't matter. The client's opinion does. Great coaching, if you remember, is clients making decisions for themselves, not because their coach said so. And think about this for just a second, and then we're going to wrap up this episode. Most of our clients come to us and they are paying for things because they feel obligated in some way. I feel like this is a very pervasive problem in the world of money that people sort of just spend on things that they feel like they should spend on or other people are or they're listening to too many outside voices. Very few people, when they first come to me at least and to our team, feel as if they've been incredibly intentional with their money, right? That they're thinking about what is most important to me and how can I put my money behind those? And that's exactly what we want to encourage them to do. So they could be experiencing spiritual obligation, but it could also be parental pressure, societal pressure, career expectations. So I believe that one of the worst things that we could do as their coach is to tack on even more pressure from anybody else, right? Including their financial coach. What What we want to do is help them figure out what they think of it and prioritize their thoughts over everything else because they are the most important thing to us. The client is the most important thing. Okay. So the question I want you asking most often is, how is my belief in this area influencing my coaching? How is my belief influencing my coaching? 
Coaching is all about figuring out what you think of something and how that is impacting how you feel and the actions you take. In order to um, honor the coaching philosophy, I like to end every episode with a question for you to reflect on and ponder for yourself. The purpose is to deepen your awareness and help you gain clarity on today's topic, but it also creates the opportunity for you to share your thoughts with me and for us to have a beautiful conversation around these topics with a whole bunch of awesome financial coaches. So let's get the discussion going. I would love to hear from you. If you are watching on YouTube, drop a comment with your answer to today's question. Or if you want to join the conversation in our free community for financial coaches, hop on over to Facebook and search for Financial Coaches Unite and ask to join. Here is your question for this episode. What area of finances do you feel strongly about and how might that be influencing your coaching? What area of finances do you feel strongly about and how might that be influencing your coaching? That is it for today's episode. Next week, we're going to drop a replay episode. And then after that, the new episode will be what if debt payoff wasn't the goal? I believe financial coaching is the best and most rewarding way to make a living. I truly love what I do. If you're ready to learn and see how to become a profitable, successful financial coach, check us out at financialcoachacademy.com to learn more about our online courses, free trainings, and events. As always, I would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for the podcast and want to get them answered on an upcoming episode, submit them at financialcoachacademy.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a rating. It would mean the world to me. I will see you next week.